Eye on the Empire, episode 352. When somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. The authority is total. The authority is total. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. In an empire lies, the truth is treason. The truth is treason. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. By the military-industrial complex. Hope y'all Ray here, your host of Eye on the Empire, bringing you guys another look at what is going on in the world that we are living in today. Uh, but I wanted to back things up a little bit because uh i mean there's there's news going on and stuff like that uh you know they're trying to pass this 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus bill and all that junk they're trying to uh basically ram something through that's going to have 1400 dollars checks to everybody so maybe i think that's about 700 billion dollars of it so a little less than half of it is going towards stimulus checks for the people. Uh, I think anyone that is a is a populist is going to go for that. I, as you guys know, libertarians, we're typically not going to be in favor of just checks going out. But then again, it's the government giving back money that you earned in some ways. Uh, so I think I'm okay with that in that sense, as well as if you really think about it, um, given back, given money back that was once taken from you in taxes, the only thing outside of that is people that didn't pay taxes. But I mean, let's just get rid of, uh, let's just make sure that people are not sitting there just being dependent upon these checks as they keep on coming out and coming out. But the politicians, what they're going to do is they're just going to sit there and keep on promising more and more and more because it's beneficial to them. It's it's in their best interest because it's going to help them to get reelected. It's going to help them with their reelection campaigns to say, my opponent was not in favor of giving out stimulus checks to the people, but I was. And, and then I'm going to play all these news or all these uh, commercials on the radio and commercials on YouTube and all that stuff in order to manipulate the minds of the people that say that they were in favor of this and they were in favor of that. It's really comes down to the idea that we've figured out how to vote, vote, in or, vote as groups in order to basically take money from other people. Or in this sense, um, all these promises that are being made, it's basically taking money from the future because they're borrowing that money. So they're taking money from your children, your grandchildren, and so forth. They're just adding it onto the debt. So we're actually robbing from generations by doing this. And these politicians do not care. These politicians are only caring about the next two years or the next re-election campaign or the next four years so they can keep control of the presidency. They don't care one lick, one bit at all about you know, the future of America, where we're going to be at in 50 years, where we're going to be at in 100 years. They talk so much 
about not destroying the world and passing a world that's better for our children and our grandchildren by eliminating CO2 emissions and trying to clean up the environment and all this stuff. They talk so much idealism about that. Yet they're willing to just pile on trillions upon trillions of dollars in debt in order to basically line their own pockets going forward. They have their salaries, whatever. That's probably nothing compared to what they're actually making on the side through speaking fees and other things that they do as politicians and all the money that they're reeling in. Just think about how much money Nancy Pelosi can reel in for the Democratic Party or how much money some of the top Republicans like Mitch McConnell can reel in for the Republican Party. Like these people have a lot of power and bringing in so much money that they're, they have to be, they're making so much extra money on the side, I guarantee that, through sweetheart deals, through inside and trading, through things that they're doing. If you really looked into any of these people, I'm sure you would find that stuff, and I'd love to see the reporter that has the guts to do something like that, but slow news, slow news days right now, that's fine. Um, what I wanted to talk about first, though, today, is... Oh, and I hope you don't mind the sound, by the way. I am changed over to using my ear pods to do the show just for the time being. I want to see how they sound because sometimes I'm on the road and sometimes I am out and about where I'm not in front of a microphone. And I wanted to see how these things sound. So I'm going to use them just for this show. I'm going to re-listen to it and then uh, and then see how it sounds. So that's why you might have a different sound quality than you normally have for the show. But the thing I want to talk about, I want to take you guys back about a month to the inauguration, right? A little over a month, six, what is it, five, six weeks or so since the inauguration. And I wanted to go over a very specific point where he says, because Joe Biden was talking unity, unity this, unity that. And he says, and I quote, with unity, we can do great things. Platitudes, right? With unity, we can do great things, important things. We can right wrongs. So those are platitudes that would make you think, yeah, okay, I agree with that. With unity, we could do great things. If we just unite, we could do great things. We could do important things. We can right wrongs. So that's assuming that there's wrongs. And obviously there's wrongs. But that's where it gets to be speculative. We can right wrongs. Well, what are the wrongs? What are the important things? He says we can do great things, we can do important things. So what are the important things? What that's that is left to the interpretation of the listener. To a Republican, the important things are much different than to a Democrat. The important things to a libertarian are much different than they are to a Republican or a Democrat. To a socialist, the import the important things are much different. The communists, to a fascist, to a white supremacist, important things are so much different. They're left to interpretation, right? We can right wrongs, and that's assuming that there's wrongs. Well, what's the wrongs? And that's different. That's open to everyone's interpretation as well. But we want to unify somebody, right? So the assumption is that my message, Joe Biden's message, is the unifying thing. What I say, we should unify it around. That's what he's saying. He's not saying we should just come together and unify. 
He's saying, let's come together and unify around my message, which is undefined yet. But this is the platitude. So then he goes on. We can teach our children in safe schools. So that's one of his messages, teaching our children in safe schools. But that's open to interpretation as well. To somebody from the NRA, they would, NRA, they would say, listen, if we want to have safe schools, we need to get rid of gun-free zones. We need to have the ability for a teacher to have a weapon in the classroom so that if somebody comes in shooting, they have the ability to defend their classroom. That if a gunman knows that there's guns all over the school, then they're going to be less likely to go into that school. That's the way that a somebody who is an advocate of the Second Amendment might interpret we can teach our children in safe schools. But to a person who's very liberal, who is against guns, they would say, someone that wants to get rid of all guns, they would say, yeah, the only way we're going to save schools is we eliminate guns altogether. Make it so that nobody can get guns or very few people can get guns. Make it as hard as it is in England, in the UK, to get guns. In the UK, you have to go through a background check. You have to go through multiple background checks. You have to prove that you have a safe that is attached to the floor. You also have to show that you have a combination lock that your wife doesn't even know the combination to or your husband. Only you're allowed to know that. You have to give that to the police. In some cases, you have to store the guns at the police station. And correct me if I'm wrong, if you're from the UK, let me know. But I was talking to a friend of mine who is from Yorkshire, and he had said that to me one time because he goes out and he does clay clay pigeon shooting. Sporting clays, I think is what he called it. And he said that it was a really hard to get the guns, but and he's like, in America, it's so much easier. You just go buy a gun and you go out and you do some sporting clays. So we could teach, so Joe Biden says, we can teach our children in safe schools, up to interpretation, right? Libertarians might think differently than a socialist than a communist. Safe schools to a communist might be, even the parents don't have any association with the children because that's an unsafe environment as well. Take the kids to a place where the teachers teach and that's it. We can, then he says, we can overcome this deadly virus if we just unify around my message. If we just unify as a country, we can overcome this deadly virus. That is up to interpretation as well. Because there's different messages on how we can overcome this deadly virus. Dr. Fauci has been preaching one gospel, and that's the overwhelming authority on the coronavirus, who, if you speak even against him, you will be silenced on Facebook. You'll be silenced on Twitter. Your YouTube videos will be taken down. Even You might even be suspended indefinitely from these platforms. You'll be criticized in the media. If you're a large opponent of anything he says that's popular, that's known, you're going to be silenced. We can overcome this deadly virus, though. So, But there's other people that say other things that tell how to overcome the deadly virus. There's other people that are saying other things about it. On this show, we've been saying other things about it for a while. Joe Biden goes on. He says, we can reward hard work. Okay. So 
to a Republican, somebody who believes in hard work, somebody who believes that somebody who believes that you should get compensation for the work that you do fair between what you negotiate with your employer, we can reward hard work. So it's going to be open to an interpretation between a Republican and a Democrat. So there's no unifying message there yet. I don't see a unifying message there that Joe Biden has talked about. First, he's saying we can put people in good jobs. That's another one that he says. We can write, write the wrongs. We can put people to work in good jobs. That was that was the first statement he says. I completely skipped over that. I apologize. We can put people to work in, work in good jobs. So that is a completely, that, that's completely up to interpretation as well. Because to somebody who is more conservative, they might say, yeah, I can start a business. I can hire people. That's great. To somebody else, they could say, yeah, we, sh- we should start training programs to start putting people to work. To somebody who, you know, like the FDRs of the world, they would say, let's just ha- pay people to dig ditches and refill them. Good jobs. Let's train people to do computer programming. Train coal miners to do computer programming. That's one solution that people talk about. That's not something that's unifying because everyone has a different interpretation of this. So what's it going to be, Joe? What is it going to be, President Biden, about your unifying message? I don't see it yet. I don't. Because these are platitudes and these are assuming that everyone's just going to follow your solution to these to these statements that you're saying. So he says we can re- reward hard work, we can rebuild the middle class and make health care secure for all. But everyone has a different brand or different idea in their mind when they hear that. So that's not a unifying message. Because nobody nobody in America agrees on health care, first of all. Everyone has a slightly different view on health care. My view is to deregulate. Okay, so we want to make health care secure for all. Deregulate health care and let the markets decide. There will be groups that will pop up to show that a doctor is a qualified doctor outside of what they're currently doing within the regulatory environment that we have now. You want to make healthcare more secure for all? Let's get rid of some of those regulations that don't allow insurance companies to do certain things. Make healthcare secure for all? Someone else might say, yeah, what single-payer healthcare? That's great, Joe. But that is not a unifying message. Back to them. And then the last thing he says is we can de- deliver racial justice. And that is completely different at this point. It used to be, it really was, it used to be racial justice was judge people by the content of their character and rather than the color of their skin. But today, it's a different story. You guys know the whole story on that, most likely. Now, I'm not going to talk on racial topics by any means, but... Um, like what we do see in America right now is there is this push towards we have a racist system. It's historically racist. We have not gone from good to better or from bad to good to better. 
we haven't progressed in the state of man's liberty and the man's freedom. We are a country that is completely racist. And if you deny that, then you're a racist as well. And then we do have situations in this world where people are judged by the color of their skin or by their sex or by other factors that they have no control over rather than by the content of your character. Since when is by the content of your character something that is disputable, something that we should be having arguments about? I don't see it because that's the way that I try to live my life is to judge people by who they are. And I'm not into this idea of this tribalism of dividing people into groups. You guys know that. But Joe Biden says we can deliver racial justice. That's an assumption that we're going to divide people by the color of their skin then in that way. I don't know that that's a, I don't know that's a unifying message. That's my, that's, that's the biggest concern that I have about his speech. But we haven't seen unity since then, right? Since he got elected, there hasn't been unity coming from the White House. We've had division. We've had things that there, there's no desire to bring in the Republicans from the other side to, to put together a $1.9 trillion bill. There's other things that they're doing that they're just not trying to bring Republicans over to. There's no unifying message right now, but they don't want that. And I've said that in the past as well. It's good for their power to not have unity. It really is. So he'll speak the platitudes, but will he deliver? I don't think so. I really don't. I don't see it. And my job is to keep an eye on the empire. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to try to do. But this gets to my other point today. And this is the second point I wanted to make. I had a few more, but I don't want to go more than a half hour. So, so I want to jump onto this one really fast. So you and me, a lot of people that you know, maybe, but then a lot of people that you know might be the opposite of you. People are not. Most people in this world are not curious, right? They're not looking for information about what's going on in the world. They're not looking and reading the news. They're not going to the websites every single day of certain places to see where the statistics are on the coronavirus. They're not looking for whether masks are good to wear, masks are bad to wear. They're not looking for that information. They're not trying to gather more information about the COVID virus to make rational decisions. How do you know this? Because there's people that are driving around with a face mask on in their car when they're alone. Now that's one out of every 150 people, maybe. One of, but that's a lot of people that are driving around with a face mask on in their car. There's people when you get out, get out of their car to go to a gas pump and there's nobody around, they put their face mask on just to get out of their car. So in that person's mind, somehow they're thinking that there's just this virus that's going to just attack them when they get out of their car or something. That's the mentality of some people. But then, so there's, that's like the person that has nothing except for they heard that you're supposed to wear a mask, so I'm going to wear a mask all the time. That's, that's the lowest information person out there. I would imagine. 
That's the person that has no idea about the history of the world, about politics, about historical politics. They haven't gone through the whole studying of the Renaissance through the Enlightenment. They haven't gone through all that stuff. They haven't decided that they're going to learn about the world and the way that the world works. So they just do what they're told. And I'm starting to come to this conclusion that there are people like that. I'm a person that when I read something, when I see something, I start digging into it and trying to figure out why. I'm curious. And I'm sure you are too. If you're listening to podcasts in general, I think that you're curious. You're curious about a specific subject if you're listening to historical podcasts, if you're listening to political podcasts, you're curious about those things as well. But I think that there's people that are curious out there and there's people that are not at all. And they they, they form a huge spectrum. Because whenever I talk to people, I say, hey, COVID virus, the COVID virus right now is on a steep slope down. I say that. And I'm sure you guys know that. It's on a steep, steep slope down since January 8th. It's almost fallen off a cliff on the number of coronavirus cases per day. Almost fallen off a cliff. Hospitalizations, almost fallen off a cliff. Deaths are falling off a cliff. How many deaths there are compared to what they were at the peak around January 8th or so. They've been steadily going down ever since then. And I talk to people and they just don't know that. They have no idea. It's new information to them. They still think that we're at the peak level. They still think that they need to be terrified of what's going on. They just do what they're told. They go through life just wandering through life, not knowing what's going on. They have their other interests that are out there. There's people like that. You can't blame them for it. I think you would blame the system in some way, but some people just have different interests than others as well, you know? Some people look further into things than others, but I think on the on the largest part, on a whole, I think that's what the like that's what you're looking at from a from Democrats versus Republicans in some way. Of course, for example, this is the other thing like I'm talking to my sister one time and I just asked her, I said, we were talking about the minimum wage. And I said, so let me ask you one question. I said, are there any negative externalities to raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour? And she couldn't think of one. She couldn't think of any. And negative externalities. So she has not taken the, and this is something that's very intelligent. She's a sociology professor at a university, like very, very smart. Probably the, probably the smartest person I know. But on that particular issue, she's never looked at the other side of the argument. She's never been curious enough to look at the other side of the argument. But maybe I'm the same way on some things. I mean, I, I'm more than willing to be self-critical on this and say, am I looking at the other side of the argument on the $15 minimum wage? Am I looking at the other side of the argument on other things? I can see some benefits to a $15 minimum wage for some people, but I know the negative externalities outweigh the benefits. So let's be intellectually curious, people. Let's 
talk to people about, maybe trying to get them to think about being a little bit more intellectually curious because we are in a situation right now in this world, in my opinion, where we're looking at totalitarianism spreading amok right now on the left and on the right. You have people that are willing to follow Donald Trump into anything that he says they think is golden and right and okay to do. And you have people on the on the left that would that that'll sit there and they don't want to hear any argument at all about anything that disagrees with what they believe. And they will silence you and they will get you fired from your job. And they want a leader if they had a leader like the like the people that are super strong for Donald Trump that are willing to follow him and do whatever he says those that 30% of people that were voted for voted for him the left if they had their leader if they had their figurehead they would destroy this they would take on a totalitarian frame of mind as well cuz they already have it they're just looking for their leader to enforce it So we need to spread our message. We need to just have people be intellectually curious about things. You want a $15 minimum wage? Why? Well, what about this? What about that? Get them thinking about things. That's what we can do. And then last point that I'm going to make really fast as well on that. And then I'll end. Is there's... I don't know if you knew this, but there's an eviction moratorium that's still in effect from a year ago. And most people pay their rent. Most people do. My father-in-law has, you know, a couple of rental properties and everyone's paying. I know people that have rental properties, they're already, they're, they're still paying their, their rent. But there's a crisis going on right now in, for the rental property owners and I think that if it continues to go on like this, because what you hear in the media is, oh, if they lift this moratorium on eviction, then there's going to be people kicked out of their house. All an eviction moratorium or all an eviction is, is you go to the court and you are able to get them to put somebody out of the house. That's what you're trying to do when you're doing that, because the person's not paying and by putting an eviction moratorium on there, if somebody decides they're not going to pay, they don't have to pay at all until that moratorium is up. If you made a blanket moratorium where there's no eviction ever again, no matter what, then everybody would stop paying. You're stuck with your rental property that you still have to pay the mortgage on that you still have to maintain in some way. You might as well kiss the rental market goodbye. You might as well. Hopefully, this eviction moratorium is lifted on March 31st like it's supposed to be. But I didn't know that. I, I thought it ended in December, but it's still going on. And if you're a rental, if you own rental property, I bet the value of your property has got to be going down in the sense that you can't, you might, it's more risky for you to own that asset. But the good thing is, is that the price of homes is going up right now. So that is a benefit to you. But I bet your, le- I bet your rent's not going up right now. 
That's why people invest in properties is to make a living. I mean, most renters are being rented to by a landlord who doesn't really, you know, has one or two rental properties and that's it. So I didn't know that, man. But anyway, that's that's the last thing I really want to talk about today. I was going to talk a little bit about unemployment fraud and stuff like that. I don't want to bore you to death. I had a pretty good newsletter article about that. But anyway, I'll go and leave it at that, all right? Uh, I appreciate those who listen to the show. I really do. Uh, keep on listening. Keep on sending your friends this way if you want to. I don't care. Um, I just <laughs> I just like doing this show. So I think I'm going to stop asking that. I don't ever hear Joe Rogan ask for people to share the show with their friends or anything like that or give them a five-star rating or review. They just do it. So um, I don't think there's any reason to keep on asking that because you guys are going to share it with your friends if you want to. Uh, so, But I appreciate you listening to the show. And uh, keep on coming back every single week, though, and uh, we'll make sure that you have clear vision for 2021. I don't know about you, but I am always dealing with these clueless people on the internet and in my daily life, and I was looking to learn how to defend libertarianism, and if you're in that same position, you want to learn how to defend libertarianism, advocate for a free market, and win any political or economic debate, then you need to join Liberty Classroom. That's Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom, and you could do that by going to iontheempire.com slash liberty. If you do that, you'll be able to earn the equivalent of a PhD in libertarian thought and free market economics online for just 24 cents a day. That's amazing. Once again, go to iontheempire.com slash liberty.